Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Welcome, everybody, to the Buffalo Sabres San Jose Sharks pregame show. I am Dwayne from Google is one like joined to joined by not joined to not joined to but joined by producer Steve from the show. Steve, big game tonight coming up three two loss to the LA Kings. Uh, a game I think we all expected to win, but we didn't. I mean, it happens, whatever, <clears throat> not whatever, but uh, we come into San Jose tonight. They're dealing with some issues with COVID. Have some guys out of lineup, and yeah, you know, I think the bigger story though for Buffalo is probably their best five-on-five player right now. Uh, surprisingly enough, Victor Olson also out of the lineup. Yeah, I hear uh, hear it's some sort of like day-to-day injury. I don't think it's anything like uh, too debilitating or long-term, like middle stat. But uh, kid needs a night off. You know, I I feel like we've been seeing it a lot more. This is like the first full season we've had since any bubbles or COVID anything. So I feel like, uh, you know, some of these kids aren't quite as uh, in shape as they, as they have been historically. So I feel like I've been seeing a lot more injuries to start the year. Speaking of injuries, what the hell is going on in Vegas, bud? Everybody on that roster is just, Oh, they're dropping like flies, buddy. Every spoke is falling off the wheel of that wagon. Good Lord. Now Carlson's out four to six weeks. That's insane. But you want to know what? It's uh, it kind of, you know, I guess if you're Buffalo trying to, you know, negotiate a deal with Vegas for, you know, in, in a Jack Eichel trade, I mean, that kind of helps you a little bit, does it not? You know, I mean, granted, Jack isn't going to be ready to play if he gets the surgery he chooses probably for two months. That's probably be, you know, I remember the timeline for him to rehab that injury is roughly six weeks. Uh, after after the surgery, I think he could start rehabbing. So you're probably looking at like a two month, two and a half month time period. But I mean, they're out. What is it? Uh, Patchetti is injured. Is it Patchetti? I believe or, it is Patchetti. I believe Stone. Stone. And now William Carlson. Those are yeah. three major pieces of your of your team that uh, out of the lineup. Um, you got we got some comments here. Let's go Buffalo from Mateo. Uh, love Absolutely, to hear it. Love really. to hear it. We need at least two points out of these next two games on the road. I couldn't agree more uh, with Paramat Pictures here. I love the name. Uh, and, you know, longtime supporter here, Don Keith. I want to win and escape their COVID breath. <laughs> couldn't agree more. But, hey, we have Eakin back. Absolutely. Cody Eakin is back in the lineup. Uh, we'll get to the line the lines later. Um, last year we were injury-riddled. Absolutely we were. We dealt with COVID as well. It's not a fun thing to go through. Um, I personally have never had COVID, um, so I can't really, you know, even begin to guess what that's like. But uh, we do remember the two weeks COVID scare that Buffalo had that started with uh, Ralph Kruger getting it, along with you know, made its way through the lineup. And uh, oh, yeah. at that point, when that when they went into that COVID break, uh, they were a game above five hundred, if I don't remember. And we were actually things were kind of looking like a little bit up, and then you. You went to COVID, and then we all you, we don't have to talk about what happened after that eighteen game losing streak. Yeah, uh, Jack like a herniated disc in his neck. Just things just never went Buffalo's way after that. Uh, after that neck, uh, after that COVID break. So, um, yeah, seriously, 
yeah. So a couple guys out of the lineup tonight for for San Jose. Victor Olofsson out of the lineup for Buffalo. Uh, just not a uh, not not a good situation for either team. But uh, let's get right into the lineup. Uh, if you want to just drop us uh, San Jose's lines right now, uh, <clears throat> Steve. I know you have that cooking ready to go. All right, just gonna double check, see if anything more. Nope. These are this is the projected lineup from earlier this afternoon. Uh, they're starting forwards, uh, Couture at center with Eklund, of course, on one of the wings, Dolan, uh, Hurdle, Barabanov, and Balsers as the second line, Cogliano, Benino, and Leonard for your third, and then the uh, bottom bottom sets, Pedersen, Weatherby, and N. Merkley. Um, the defensive pairings, Ferraro, Brett Burns, you know, Burns being Burns, and then uh, four other guys I've genuinely never heard of in my entire life. Malak, <laughs> Hataka, and then uh, Megna, and uh, R. Merkley. So I guess I guess we got a little bit of a, an unsung Sadine thing happening in San Jose. I don't know who the Merkleys are, but uh, excited to see what they're all about. And then, of course, the, uh, the Reimer-Hill tandem. I'm not sure exactly which one of them is getting the start yet. They have uh, they haven't made that... Uh, knowledge known to me just yet but um i think with enough of the injuries in the lineup i think they'd probably lead with their best foot forward which i think in this particular scenario would be a rhymer over hill yep i would i would agree a rhymer's had a pretty good start i think uh he's top three and uh when it comes to save percentage right now uh i know he's only played three games but he's had a very good i think it's probably one of the best starts to his career so far i want to say like a 956 save percentage in those three starts, which is phenomenal. We get Anderson back in that tonight too, as well. Um, right projected Sabres lineups as of uh, seven hours ago, reading this from Mike Harrington. Uh, we have Cousins centering Skinner and Hinestroza, Thompson centering Asplund and Kajula, Eakin back in the lineup, because we said before, centering Gergensons and Akposo. Uh, there goes, uh, and then Rustalainen centering Bajork and Hayden. So Paramat Pictures, Hayden will be in the lineup, not Brett Murray. Murray was the extra. Um, yeah, and Don Keith, who wouldn't love to see a tilt? Uh, I mean, I don't know. We saw last we we saw last a couple nights ago with uh, Dylan Cousins and that uh, that four o'clock start. Um, Him and Lemieux know, of, again. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were kind of like, you know, he shouldn't be the guy doing that. You know, where's our tough our tough guy that's in the lineup? You know, what's the point of having Murray in the lineup if he's not going to be like – that was kind of like in-the-moment in type thing. I don't think Murray was on the ice. and I mean, he was on the ice, but was he, he was on the he was on the opposite end of the ice as punches were already being thrown. The only way you yeah. intercede there is being the third man guaranteed penalty. And also, there's just yeah. a code. Like, when two people are dropping the gloves, like, a third man doesn't just jump in and start. And, and that's an automatic. I, I, can't, I, I, don't know, I, I don't know for sure. I think it's an automatic 10-minute penalty, uh, third man in. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's so, not a penalty you, know, you need not, to take. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I mean, Cousins is going to answer the bell. You don't want to see him get get himself hurt in a situation like that, uh, and especially against against a really, you know, a bigger guy. Uh, but you know, um, it's, it's, it, you know, in a heat of the moment, he finished his check and he had to answer the bell with Lemieux, uh, former Sabre, former draft pick, Brendan Lemieux. Um, not you a know, very tough counter, customer. Counterpoint to all of that. I know people don't want our like talent players, our guys with the good hands throwing punches, but 
let's not forget that when push comes to shove, more a lot of times in Colorado, Nathan McKinnon is the one dropping the gloves. Right, to Gabriel Landeskog, too. And he is, yeah, he is a top talent guy on that team. So, you know, sometimes you can't just hope that the guy who's going to be the bruiser is out there. Sometimes you just got to get the job done yourself. So while, you know, your whole roster shouldn't be built around that and, you know, you know, sometimes you just got you got to fight your own battles, and you know it's nice to know that there's somebody on the team who's, you know, not just gonna who's gonna finish a check, and then when somebody just starts swinging at him, he's not just gonna, you know, shy away from it. Yep. Um, and you know what? I remember Landis Cog's draft year. We had no shot at him, but I really wanted Landis Cog. The guy, the guy was an absolute stud, and and uh, I think it was in junior hockey. Like you, you know, all the highlights were. You know, him scoring goals and, and fighting, not turning down, not always answering the bell. He was a big kid, tough customer. Loved, I loved Gabriel Landis Cog early on in his career, man. That kid earned the C on, on his jersey. Uh, you know, it was kind of – I was a little disbelief. I know he wanted wanted to get paid, but I was in a little disbelief. It took Colorado as long as they did to, uh, to pay him. But uh, with that being said, just uh, – again, I this is a game I think you got to win if you're Buffalo, even without Olsen in the lineup. It's uh, it's tough to see, um, them not coming out of here with at least one point. I uh, with Anderson and that, and Tarski's not to blame for that three-two loss. By the way, Tarski had a great game. Um, I think you know, you had a good first period, you had a meh second period, and then the third period it was you know your worst period of the game. You, they just really couldn't get things going uh, there in the third period to get back in that game. You you went up with a two-nothing, you gave up three goals. So, I mean, Tokarski wasn't to blame for that. Um, and sometimes, you know, working hard can only get you so so far in this game, in the game of hockey. Sometimes you, you, you need you, – that's where I think if you had those high-end talented players – and not saying that L.A. has those. I mean, they, they do have Anzi Kopitar. They have Ayafalo. Ayafalo is a phenomenal player. I love watching Selfie. him play. Um, it's just – I. Uh, you know, that's where you need players like that to step in when you're struggling uh, to get you a goal or two here and there. And Buffalo just doesn't have that right now. Yeah, I think it wasn't necessarily what we've seen of the Sabres in the past years, but it was one of those outings where they didn't co- they didn't show up to play a full 60 minutes of hockey and it bit them. You know, they could have potentially held on to overtime, tried to or forced overtime, get that one point out of it. But I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the West Coast chime change. Maybe they're just not an afternoon game team. I don't know what it is. But the, it, it just wasn't there after. I, I can't say it wasn't with their night because it was one in the afternoon in Los Angeles. It just wasn't It just wasn't their day. It was the Bills' day, you know? Yeah, you know, it, it, obviously things were a lot more lopsided. Maybe not in the first half for the Bills, but in the second half the Bills took, kind of took over the pace of the game and, you know, really took it to Miami. And uh, I, I do agree. The Sabres did seem complacent in that game. Uh, I don't expect it to be something you see throughout the season, not with Don Granato at the helm. Um, you know, it's he's the type of coach that when he see he's not afraid to switch things around. He, he likes to go with what's working, and he's not the type of guy when he sees things getting complacent, which is what Ralph Kruger did. He would still stick the same lines out there. He wouldn't really change things up. Um, you know, whereas whereas Donnie, when he when he sees complacency, he's going to address it almost immediately with in-game changes and whatnot. So I, I, have, to, I have to agree that you're probably not going to see um, him allowing that to happen very often. Uh, I, which I love was what I love about Granado. 
Um, your defensive pairings too are Darlene's, you know, still with Butcher, Bryson and Miller, <clears throat> Hag and Pissick. So, you know, not a whole lot of change with the exception of Eakin going in uh, and Olsen coming out uh, in the lineup. And again, as we said earlier, Anderson looking to keep building off what he started so far here in Buffalo, which has been a great start to you know to his uh, Buffalo Sabres uh, career at 40 years old. Which I still I'm still in disbelief yeah. how well he's been playing at his age. Granted, you know he didn't get a lot of action last year. I think he played four times, four or five times, with Washington. But still, like the, the start he's had has been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm very surprised to see Craig playing the way he's playing given his age. But I mean, I think that age is kind of uh, his strongest asset right now. He's been around the league long enough that you know we've been talking about it that it's not he's not making those like you know, superhuman saves, but like he's been playing this position for so long. He knows where he needs to be. He's working smart, not hard. He's always in position. He, he's always on it, you know, and a lot of the goals that I've seen get past him. They're never like those like easy gimmies where it's like, you know, you should have stopped that. It's the one where it's somebody, somebody's right there on that post unguarded. And there's no possible way that any human being is going to leap all the way across the ice in the millisecond. It got passed over. Like, those are saves that the greats, even in their prime, are probably not going to make. And if they do, it's a highlight real save for the next 30 years of sports highlights. So that said, right. you know, I, I really did not expect to be saying that, like, Craig Anderson is, like, as good as he is this this far, into this this way in this season. But my goodness, Craig Anderson. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Craig. Uh, you know, if Craig does well for the rest of the year and UPL doesn't, uh, can you see Craig coming back next year? Honestly, and I hate to say this because I, I like seeing Craig Anderson a Sabres uniform. I've liked him for a long time, going back to his days with Ottawa. Um, the guy battles. Um, yeah, I just love. I love the way he plays. Um, if Craig Anderson continues to play like this and this team kind of finishes where you'd expect them to finish, where just, you're probably still finishing in the bottom of the league. Let's, let's be real. I mean, as much as I love the way they're playing that, you know, they don't quit. Uh, they play for each other. They play as a five man unit, um, which is something again, we haven't seen in a long time in, in Buffalo. Um, I could definitely see Craig Anderson being a guy at the deadline that gets dealt to a team who needs, you know, stability uh, in their lineup when it comes to goaltending. Not maybe not say as a starting goaltender, but as insurance for in case one of their guys goes down. That I can definitely see. I don't like saying it, but I could see that happening. Him being a bargaining chip at the deadline uh, because this team is young and uh, they're looking for youth, not a, you know, not aging players. Um, which is why with the Jack Eichel trade, you see them holding out for the young prospects, the picks, um, you know, and Kevin Adams isn't settling for, uh, for anybody, uh, you know, that's not, it's not, you know what I mean? He's not settling for whatever these teams are offering. That isn't, you know, what he believes Jack, Jack Eichel's uh, value is. Um, and you know, there were other rumors that came out yesterday that Corpus Allo out of uh, Columbus might be available or should be available, honestly, with the way Elvis Mers Lincoln's is playing. Um, I just don't, I, you know, I remember we had Jean-Luc Ron Pierre on the show, uh, the first time. And I said that I definitely see, uh, one of those two guys getting dealt. I think Corpus Allo is probably the odd man out. I actually saw a funny tweet too. He said, Bringing in a goalie who made who made 80, 85 saves in a loss 
is probably the best fit for him in Buffalo is because he's going to see a lot of that. Uh, maybe in the last couple of years with the, with those teams where you're not going to get the goal support all the time, but I don't think yeah. with the Donnie Granado uh, coach team. But it was it was kind of a funny tweet. Goalie makes 85 saves, still lose one nothing. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Sounds like Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the defensive security is going to come back once Darlene going to get back on his left side. He's you know he's he's playing with a hand tied behind his back, which you know. We've seen we've seen a few flubs. It's not, it's nowhere near to the Ralph Kruger level, levels of keeping that big dog on a leash, just completely restrained anemic kind of play that we saw like in the worst of it. But you know there have been there have been some mistakes, and you know surprisingly the pairings in that defense in that defensive core that have gelled well together and seem to always know where the other one is on the ice is the Bryson Miller Pizik uh, Hag combo. And uh, I really, I really didn't see Hag being that guy, but uh, you know, but honestly, I like him in the third spot, you know, and I think that's the fundamental difference between what we had in Risto, somewhat of like a similar skill level. He's not, he's not a stud. He should be your third pair guy, but we were giving him top minutes, and we were wondering why we were suffering defensively. Meanwhile, we get Hag back in a trade for him, and we put him exactly where Hag belongs. And guess what? He's doing well. He's not making bonehead mistakes. He's finding his partner. He's back when he needs to be back. He's holding line when he needs to hold the line. He's making smart plays. I play tags game a lot. Yeah, he's he's yeah, playing he the way that Bogosian was playing when he got dealt to the Lightning, and he's like, I am playing for a cup contender team. I can't fuck this up. Yeah. I cannot do anything stupid like yeah. I did in Buffalo. Well, he's this getting, is like he's my one a lot shot. Of opportunity. He's getting a lot, of an opp- a lot of opportunity with Buffalo, too. Uh, which I'm sure he's doing his best to take advantage of um, some more comments here, uh, you know, from those that are watching um, Don Keith, I actually see us trading UPL. I actually agree. Um, you know, as a goalie, one of the most important parts of your body are definitely your knees and hips. He's had lower body injuries. He had double hip surgery, not an easy thing to overcome. Uh, so I could definitely see them dealing UPL, especially again, as she said with Levi and Portillo coming up, uh, they're still a couple years away, yeah. uh, at least but two, they are, I would they are say. playing so hot, though. Yeah, Porto so looks phenomenal. Good. Levi looks phenomenal. Le- Le- four shutouts in nine games so far. Is that yep. the stat? That, that's it's like I know, it's, I know it's college hockey, but that's still insane. And then Portillo playing in the Big Ten. Every single team he's playing against is a, is a, is a top-end college team, uh, you know, and he's playing phenomenal well. I know they just lost uh, – to Wisconsin the other night, but he had a, he had, I think he had a shutout. Uh, it might've been a shutout the game before that. Um, I, I can't remember who it is against. It was his first college shutout. Um, you know, he only played a handful of games last season behind man Strauss. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see him dealing UPL without, with the history. And especially if he doesn't really start to reach his potential in Rochester this year, I could definitely see him being a guy that gets dealt uh, without a doubt. Um, maybe, uh, you know, again, from Paramat pictures, maybe down the road this year, if he is not moving. Yep. I agree. I just don't see Anderson being dealt. I mean, again, teams look for teams look for sure insurance at the deadline. And if they're dealing, if they're dealing a pick, that's good enough where Kevin Adams is like, you know what? Um, this team isn't a playoff team. Um, I have an opportunity maybe to pick up a third round pick. Uh, that maybe I could use or flip into something else, maybe use that to trade up into a, a backup into the second round. 
I, I think that's the wise move. And I love Craig Anderson. I have, if you go, if you search my handle with the name Craig Anderson, or, you know, you'll see a lot of tweets from the past where I am very high on him. I actually wanted Craig Anderson uh, the previous year uh, to play alongside uh, Linus Olmark uh, because I, I just felt like in, as a mentor role and as a backup, I thought he was the perfect fit right there for him. And now we have him as our starting goaltender. I don't know if slow is accurate, but he is caught out of position having to chase back. Um, I think that's in reference to Rasmus Dahlin. Um yeah. I, th- I I mean, yeah, I think that's more on, on the mental side of things. He's making mental errors and, you know, he's just caught behind the play. Um, and, and, but the thing is, Rasmus Dahlin is a guy I'm not too worried about. I, I, I know how high his ceiling is. Um, he took a bridge deal for a reason because he's betting on himself. And I think he's going to he's going to reach that ceiling. I really do. Um, the points are going to come. I think he's got four points in six games, which doesn't blow you out of the water. But he is a defenseman. Um, and he's asked to be, he's being asked to handle a much bigger role this year, um, on a team that's without a doubt rebuilding. Um, he's playing 25 minutes a night at the very minimum. Um, and Don Granado's asking him a, a lot of him. He's playing, he's on the first power play unit. I'm pretty sure he's getting some penalty kill time. Uh, he's asking to play in all situations right now. It's a tough order to make for a kid who's only 21 years old. What, what's this is like his third season. He came in at 18, right? Like he, yep. like we yep. drafted and we, he just immediately came into the fold. So I think that this is his, maybe his fourth season. Let me double check that. I don't want to talk out of school, but, uh, oh yeah, this is his fourth season, but you know, yeah. the last two if seasons you, were his not first, complete. His first two seasons too, though. Like he was, the first season was impressive. And the second season, you know, he was pushing 50 plus points. And then last, you know, the, the COVID, there's the COVID shortened season where I think he, he's easily putting, putting up over 50 points that year. And then this past year, obviously, we only had a 56 game season. And that was a season where Ralph Kruger really kind of, uh, I, sorry, kids, cover your ears, cut his nuts off and uh, didn't let him showcase the skills that got him drafted first overall to begin with. Um, another comment here. Uh, sorry. Do you fellas cover come down to the Rochester for Amherst game? Steve, I know that's a question you want to answer. Cause I'd like, I'd love to get down to the rock to uh, watch some Amherst hockey. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to go. It's just a matter of finding it. You guys don't have a lot of Saturday games. So I just got to find somebody who's also getting off work at five on a Friday wants to dip over to Rochester real quick. I'm a, I'm a weirdo who like just a few months moved here from Philly I didn't need a car for about a decade, so I don't have one. So I need to find people who are willing to give my ass a ride to Rochester. But I will chip in for gas. So if you're leaving for Buffalo, call me. I will go. If it's a Monday game, I gotcha. Uh, or a Sunday matinee game, if they do that, I gotcha. I'm off on Sundays and Mondays. Uh, definitely willing to drive down to the Rock to see uh, see some Amherst hockey because those boys down there, Jack Quinn, J.J. Paterka, they're exciting when to watch. Krebs comes. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Or or Bright or Bryson. Uh that's another name that was thrown. Oh Brisson. Oh yeah. yeah. Brisson, sorry. Uh I'm thinking Jacob Bryson. Yeah, Brisson. Uh Paprison's uh actual son, uh, who is also the agent of Jack Eichel. Um sorry, kinda, son. Yeah. I had to use you as collateral. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, honestly honestly, uh, I heard around the rumor mill that Kevin Adams, you know, he is on the broadcast stadium, he was in Michigan. Uh this past week and one of the rumors that were going around is he actually wanted to get a better look at this kid, which would be exciting. He's a, he's a first round pick in this last year's draft 29th overall by the Vegas golden Knights. 
I personally like, I think I might like him a little bit more than Krebs. You know, he's having a phenomenal season right now with Vegas. Uh, I believe he has six goals in seven games, which again, I know that team is a powerhouse, but I mean, that's impressive. Absolutely impressive playing in the yeah. big 10, six goals think in seven a, games. Yeah, yeah. I just think it'd be a good thing to have three people in the core of your future <laughs> that all played for the same team in college. Like, you know, Brisson would be the forward, power would be in defense, and Ports would be in the net. Like, that kind of, that kind of camaraderie just coming straight into the locker room, like, the rest of the team's going to feed off that energy, and it's just going to be a bunch of, go, bunch of go blue homies. People are just going to – I don't know, man. I, I, I think that's even more so than just the skill on the ice. I think that's just going to create, like, a winning – that's going to bring that winning culture in that, mm-hmm. you know – might be lacking from the people who've been playing on this team and all of its many different it variations of the past few seasons because it's been yeah. bad and then it's been really bad. It's getting better. You know, it's definitely not perfect. It's definitely not playoff contender worthy, but you know, we're in a much, I, again, I, I never want to say it too soon because this is Sabres, but I think we're in a much better place than we were like January of last year. I like I, I feel so much better about turning on my TV and watching the Buffalo Sabres play hockey than I did back then. It it's like mm-hmm. before I felt like going to the DMV, like, oh God. Yeah. What I, fresh I hell do we I have agree, and that's today? a Donnie Meepal, Don Granado effect. I really believe it. I think that guy is you know, I don't like to make comparisons to other head coaches, but when I think I I think of Ted Nolan, uh not because they're the same coach or they run the same systems or schemes but because Ted was the type of guy that got the most out of mediocrity. And what I mean by that is he would get his team to skate through a wall for him. And in both stints, both stints, he was here. That's exactly what he did. He had a, in my opinion, a below average team with Buffalo the first time around, you know, but he got those guys to play outside themselves. And he obviously, you had the best goal that ever lived in net and Dominic Kashuk. And the second time around the, uh, you know, the tank team, I mean, I remember watching all those games. They, they they weren't a team that laid down. They weren't. They would not lay down. It, they played with chips on their shoulders because they believed that they were brought in to lose. And they made it very, very interesting for most of the season about whether or not Buffalo was going to finish in last, which is what Tim Murray wanted, you know, in the McDavid-Eichel draft. Uh, but that's kind of what you see in Don Granado. These guys are prepared every single night. Uh, you never have to worry about a lack of trying because they skate hard every night, which is something that we consistently had to question under Ralph Kruger. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, you're, I, that's what the biggest thing is. You're excited to watch Sabres hockey again. Uh, pair, pair of Pat pictures again, pair of Matt pictures. Uh, once the college is over, you guys, I in any college freedoms. I'm definitely going to take a look at that. Um, I'm not familiar with all the names, but uh, I will say if that is something you want, uh, want us to, ch- to check out Matt is uh, subscribe to the two goalies, one Mike YouTube page uh, and honestly on, on Apple podcasts, uh, Spotify, our Twitter page, which whatever, you know, however you view, listen to your podcast. And if you want, we will cover that in the one of the next couple episodes. We'll get, we'll get a look at the college free agent list and see what's out there and how those guys are playing for sure. So, um, yep. Yeah. And just more, some more comments here. 
Could you imagine having three Michigan guys? Absolutely. It's mm. a very exciting thing to think that about. Would be beautiful. Um, any Michigan Wolverines players this year would be great. Try to get Seattle. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I, uh, that's, I think he's a guy they're going to try and build their team around. You'd have to give him a pretty big tentacle for that. Yep. And then add Ryan Johnson and tell, I mean, you guys are getting greedy, but I love it. I love. I mean, it. we already have those two guys. We're yeah. we're already we, yeah. we don't need. I mean, it. We don't well, need I, well I know we have them, but I mean, Ooh, yeah. I, but I mean, uh, <laughs> like I'll bring them all up at once. Uh, let let's let them develop. Um, Donnie Meatballs is the man. Absolutely, I wanted Beniers over Powers <laughs> just due to Eichel leaving. Um, I can agree to that. You know, you do want to try and fill in that center position. I was a big Marco Rossi guy over Jack Quinn. Um, I still think I would have taken Rossi over Quinn a hundred percent. I just, I think he's a, a very unbelievable two way center. It's, he's gonna, he reminds you a lot of Patrice Bergeron. So, uh, you know, and same down 2000, man, you guys are really tearing it up with the comments <laughs> 2004 to we were uh, just on the cusp of making a playoff run. I think Murray nicks that for the draft. I don't think that sat well with Ted. I agree. Uh, Ted was definitely a, a guy who wanted to compete. He didn't want to be brought in to lose. And that you saw that in the team every night, you know, they, they wanted to win. Uh, with that being said, uh, you know, just to wrap things up here, uh, some out of town scores or, you know, for, uh, for tonight right now, senators and wild are tied at four in the third period jets over the stars in the third period, three to one, Predators over the Flames, two to one. Uh, Canucks and the Rangers are just underway, it's, uh, knotted at zero. Same thing with the Ducks and Devils. A lot of teams on their West Coast trips this week, this weekend, out of the East. Uh, Predators over the Flames in the second period, two to one. And I believe, uh, let's see, games that I believe actually, I think Toronto. Yep, Toronto shut out the Golden Knights, four to nothing. Really feeling it with those that injury bug that, that's bitten them. Uh, Jack Campbell with the shutout. I'm a big Jack Campbell fan, even though I hate the Leafs. Uh, glad to see him get a shutout and trying to earn that big contract. And then uh, finals today, Flyers over the Coyotes, 3-0. And the Canadians finally win another game, 3-0 over the Red Wings. And last comment here, has anyone seen Dan Darren play in the USHL yet? I know he's going to UNH next year. Again, I have to check that out. Um I'll uh, definitely make a point of that. Write it down right now, actually, to check that yeah. out and bring it up on our next stream. There, um, there are a lot of leagues, and that that does bring me to a, a little quick side tangent. That uh, that big uh, Proto Poltopov, yeah. uh, that fun Russian that kind of looks like O'Doyle from B- yeah. Billy Madison. He signed a uh, extension with the KHL that I don't think ends until the twenty four twenty five season. Yep. And from the the language of those contracts, it's kind of hard to just buy them out and have them come back this way. So it sounds like at least for the next three or four years, our boy Poltapov is going to be over there out in Russia. Whether or not he shows up, not sure. But if he does show up, uh, usually those Russian players, they just hit the ground running their day one. They just jump right into it. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that that contract would need, that entry-level deal would need to be signed within the next three to four years, or maybe, maybe it's a different scenario with Russian players. Maybe that like, like kind of like deadline to sign your ELC. I feel like that's kind of like, yeah, let me look that up here. Uh, yeah, I do believe carry prices do yeah. return at the end of the week, uh, which is big news for Montreal fans. Um, I mean, 
not that I would necessarily blame Jake Allen and the goaltending, but Carey Price, I mean, having him in that makes a world's difference. Uh, when, you know, when he's at his best, he's one of the best goalies, if not the best goalie in the world. So uh, that's a big thing. Uh, Poltapov and other Russians all said they would come over after Sardanian was here. They are all friends and are going to live together. That's well, that's fun to hear. I mean, that sounds fun. Yeah, right. So, I, I mean, yeah. If, uh, the Russian Hockey House? 20 yeah 2024 2025 four years from now maybe maybe Ovi can be the landlord that'd be fun right Ovi moves to Buffalo just Ovi to let those to kids me. live here <laughs> they, <laughs> all a, they all get a they all get they all get a place in Amherst you live in front of me uh but that uh again uh, we have puck drop here in less than 10 minutes so wrap it up real quick score prediction from you producer Steve what are you feeling for tonight um, well, Reimer's been playing real good. Anderson's been playing real good. So it's uh, tough to say who's going to break through scoring-wise, particularly with COVID outages for the Sharks and uh, Golovson not doing any goaling. Um, so, goaling. yeah, it's going to be a little bit tough. But uh, I, I do think that uh, Buffalo can get the offensive edge just based on the fact that Brent Burns is their – top defense. I just feel like that defensive core is a lot weaker than Buffalo's. So I'm hoping that this one ends like 3-1 in favor of Buffalo. Yep. Uh, we got Paramat 4-2 Buffalo. Another let's go Buffalo. I will, my prediction will be, I do predict a Buffalo victory um, to get them to 6-2-1. and one. Um, But I'm going to you know, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a higher scoring affair. I think it's going to be a really loose hockey game. I'm going to say 5-4. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get a few goals from Dylan Cousins. Maybe get Darlene on the board, which would be nice to see. Uh, you know, get him get him up, uh, get his wheels going again. But uh, with that being said, uh, this pregame show is brought to you by Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? The place to buy a case. Uh, and I got three words for you guys. Let's go Sabres. Let's go. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.